1: Alabama Congressman Jerry Carl is expressing concern over more regulations that are coming from within the Biden administration that will affect fishing and hunting wildlife. The rules that will be changed within the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services is likely to limit equipment that's used on public properties as well as ban the type of ammo and fishing tackle to be used. Carl says that this type of regulation is only a backdoor effort to prohibit hunting for Americans on millions of acres of public land. Carl also lumped this effort into the same attempts from the federal agencies to ban gas stoves and engines and says the Biden administration is determined to chip away at our constitutional rights. Congressman Carl says he's opposed to the new rules and is encouraging Alabamians to let their elected officials know how wrong and anti-American it is. Well, the insults delivered from the Alabama House floor earlier this week by lawmaker Wondelin Givan to colleague Kenneth Pascal has caused another round of disputes. House Speaker Pro Tem. Chris Pringle was on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile and had this to say about Gavan.
0: You have to remember, she's been physically removed from the chamber in the past. And she's been physically removed from committees. That's the reason why she's no longer on, on Judiciary Committee, because they've had to physically pull her out of the meetings. Um, and and uh, For she, what behavior? Just, was she just, I don't know if her medicine's not right that day or what, but I mean, it did, I, I sat next to her for eight years, and some days her medication's not quite working, and you can tell. And I don't know what would her. I don't know what was going on that day, but she would she would stand there at the microphone. And it's almost like she was nodding off. She has a very long eyebrow, mm-hmm. you know, eyelashes, and you'd see her eyes kind of roll back and they'd start fluttering, and she'd lose her train of thought, and then she'd, she'd kind of go back to questioning
1: now state representative mary moore is lashing out taking a moment of personal privilege on the alabama house floor to condemn pringle for the comments he made on a radio program saying that pringle is not a doctor and has diagnosed nobody about anything so his comment about gavan and medication was out of place Moore also disputed that Gavan has ever been physically dragged from the House floor by security, calling that a lie. And she also said that commenting about a person's makeup and eyelashes was a bit much. Moore suggested that things that are said among lawmakers on the House floor against each other are one thing, but going to the media is a step too far. The position of the state health officer has been the subject of much debate among state lawmakers as a bill has been offered that would change the way in which that office is filled and what statewide authority the health officer is allowed to have. Now the actual Alabama health officer, Scott Harris, has made some behind-the-scenes moves when it comes to the Alabama Campaign for Adolescent Sexual Health. 1819 reporter Craig Monger reported on this nonprofit organization a few months ago and their push for comprehensive sex education here in the state. At that time, Dr. Scott Harris was named as an ex-officio board member on the group's website. Somewhere between January 2023 and today's date, Harris has had his name quietly removed from that website as a board member. The Alabama Department of Public Health has refused to answer any inquiries from Monger at 1819 News about the extent of Harris's work with the Alabama Campaign for Adolescent Sexual Health. A grant of $68,000 has been awarded to three police departments in the Wiregrass region. Governor Ivey made the grant announcement this week as part of the ongoing funding that's coming from the U.S. Department of Justice to purchase necessary equipment. The grant money will be divided among the Headland Police, the Level Plains Police, and the Taylor Police Departments, and will be used to purchase computers, printers, weapons, and to replace outdated equipment that is frequently used. Police in Hoover are searching for a robbery suspect after a bank is robbed on Tuesday morning. Police were called to a Wells Fargo bank on John Hawkins Parkway after a man entered it and demanded money from the teller. The suspect told the teller that he was armed and was able to leave with an undetermined amount of money. The state of Alabama is returning to inmate executions this coming summer with new parameters, equipment, and medical professionals involved in the process. The first inmate to be given a death warrant is James Barber. His execution is set for June 2nd. Barber was convicted for the 2001 murder of Dorothy Epps at her home in Harvest. Barber knew Epps through Epps' daughter and had done some home repairs in the past. Barber was convicted of attacking the 100-pound woman with a claw hammer and killing her. He then fled with her purse. Barbara is 64 years old and has spent 22 years behind bars. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. Well, here we go again. The Biden administration announces a new military aid package of $1.2 billion that will be sent to the country of Ukraine. This will bring the total financial involvement of U.S. taxpayer money in this conflict with Russia to $36 billion. The U.S. Pentagon will purchase and supply Ukraine forces with air defense systems and munitions, counter drone systems and ammunition, artillery rounds, satellite imagery services and training. The move from the Pentagon comes a week after President Joe Biden agreed to send Ukraine another $300 million worth of weapons from the actual U.S. stock. Those include rockets, howitzers, tube-launched TOW missiles, Hydra aircraft rockets, and Gustav shoulder-launched anti-armor weapon systems. Meanwhile, Joe Biden announces plans to take a trip to Papua New Guinea, despite the looming debt default that is coming up June 1st. Biden is saying that the purpose of the meeting with the prime minister is to deepen cooperation between the two countries on addressing climate change, maritime resources, and inclusive economic growth. Also of note is a decision that was made on Tuesday to end the COVID-19 vaccine requirements for international travelers who are flying into the U.S. The Biden administration has formally ended that requirement. It was put in place in October of 2021 for non-American travelers who were trying to enter the U.S. The proclamation that was released this week reads that Biden's COVID mitigation efforts were a success but are no longer needed since the COVID-19 cases across the globe are at their lowest levels since the start of the pandemic. Well, the end of Title 42 is a day away that involves COVID policy being applied to to those trying to cross over at the U.S.-Mexico border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is engaging in at least two different maneuvers to handle the crisis that's already existing at the border and is only expected to get worse. Abbott has first deployed to the border a newly created Texas Tactical Border Force with 545 members of the Texas National Guard going to assist other National Guardsmen who are already in place at the border in order to thwart the drug and weapons smuggling that's taking place and to protect the citizens of Texas. Abbott is also doubling down on his program to bus illegal migrants to various sanctuary cities outside of Texas. Like Chicago, New York City, and Philadelphia, the first bus of 50 migrants headed out this week from Laredo, Texas, and it's bound for Chicago. Two other buses headed out that same day to Philadelphia and to New York City. Governor Abbott says this busing program provides much-needed relief to cities and towns in his state that are overrun with illegal migrants. The governor predicts that as many as 13,000 illegal immigrants could begin crossing the border each day when the Title 42 policies put in place by Donald Trump during COVID-19 ends This Thursday. Speaking of Donald Trump, a New York City jury has found Trump to be liable for sexual abuse in a civil case that was launched against him by E. Jean Carroll last year. Carroll made allegations of rape against Trump years ago, saying it happened at a department store fitting room in 1996. The jury did not find Trump guilty of rape, but of sexual abuse, and did award $5 million in damages to Carol. Carol brought in two other women to testify to being sexually manhandled by Trump years ago. Trump did not testify in his defense in this case, but deposition video was played instead of Trump. He did, however, respond on social media following the jury's verdict, posting that he has absolutely no idea who Carol is, and that the verdict is a disgrace and a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. 89-year-old Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein of California returns to her duties in Washington, D.C. after being absent since the middle of February due to ongoing health issues. Feinstein returned to D.C. on Tuesday on a chartered private plane. Feinstein's absence has resulted in 100 Senate votes being missed and judicial nominations being delayed since she is part of the Senate Judiciary Committee, with Democrats having only a one-vote majority over Republicans. And here is an update on the Tucker Carlson situation. The former Fox News television host posted a short video on Twitter on Tuesday night, and within three hours, there had been 26.5 million views of that video. Here is a little bit of what Carlson said
0: The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess, it's guaranteed. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon.
1: You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow.